Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025 The Game. Good to have you in here on a Monday. Titans lose to the Broncos 16 to nothing yesterday, falling to 2 and 4 on the season. And we will get back to your phone calls coming up in just about 15 minutes. But right now, as we do every Monday at 7 o'clock, we welcome in our pal Corey Curtis from News 2 who joins us on Morning Drive. Corey, it just looked like yesterday a quarterback, a head coach, and an offensive coordinator that were out of answers for three hours. I mean, look, I, I, I keep saying this over and over again. If the offensive line can't get it done, there's nobody who's going to get it done. Uh, and in any of those three positions, I'm not pinning it all on that group. But if you can't block consistently, you're never going to move the ball consistently. It's not all on the players. We've seen those players block in the past, but they lead the league in negative plays. And that's not just sacks. That's negative carries as well. They can't do anything consistently. They, the offense looks completely broken. Nobody looks like they believe in what is happening out there. So, I mean, what's the solution? I mean, we'll, we'll get to the Tannehill-Marcus question in a second, but, but is there is do you believe that there should be drastic movement here, whether it's a coach getting fired or a trade? It, w- w- what is the solution? Because I agree with you. It all starts and ends with the offensive line. All the other pieces can be addressed at a later date, but the offensive line is the concern, and you still have to compete for games right now for the next 10 weeks. It, it has to start at the offensive line. I mean, that's people ask me, how does it get fixed? It starts by blocking the man in front of you up front and running the football, and you build from there. I mean, that's just the way that that it's got to go. How do they fix it? I don't know. He's already said he's very confident in Keith Carter's ability to coach this offensive line. So um, if Keith Carter's, you know, not part of the issue um, and the offense, and if Arthur Smith's not part of the issue, and and I'm not smart enough to know, guys. I'm not. But – then you're just saying that the five guys that are starting are the issue and they're not good enough. And if they're not good enough, I've seen the guys behind them, they're not good enough. So I guess that's my long way of saying is um, I don't think there's an issue to fix what they're doing. Um, you know, A trade's not going to do it. Replacing um, one of the starters up front is not going to do it. You know, I, I, I know this. When Ken Wisenhunt was here, the offensive line was a sieve. Then Mike Malarkey came in as head coach and did everything he could to shore it up, and the quarterback got protected with Russ Grimm as the, head, as the offensive line coach and with Malarkey as the head coach and dedicated to running the football and dedicated to protecting the quarterback. Then that wasn't good enough because they didn't run sexy enough patterns, and they brought in a new coaching staff, and the, coaching, and the quarterback started getting whacked last year, and they blamed the two guards. They replace the two guards, and the quarterback's getting whacked even worse. And it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, by the way, because Tannehill played uh, about 20 minutes and got sacked four times. Um, so I don't know what the answer is because I don't think they're willing to address anything um, that will change anything. I mean, I, I don't know what to change other than the scheme and the coach because you can't change all the players. Well, there, I mean, Corey, there are things they can do, but will will you know John and and Mike do them? You know, will will they change the offensive coordinator? I've been a part of teams that changed the offensive coordinator after four or five games, and it sort of was a you know a energy energy shot to the offense, and we tend to play better 
Um, they could change the quarterback, which they have done. We don't know if it's a long-term change, but they did change him, um, you know, toward the latter part of the game. And and with saying that, do you believe or do you think? And I'm not I'm not here to debate whether Marcus or or Tanner who's better. I, right now, neither one of them, you know, is getting the job done, and neither one of them is a solidified starter anyway. Um, but at this point of time, with the way Marcus have played, has played, do you believe that this could have been possibly the best decision to make to throw Tannehill in and moving forward? He's probably the best guy to get the job done at this particular time. Again, I'm not saying that he's better than Marcus, but at this particular time, he might just be the best guy for the job. Well, I mean – Marcus doesn't look like the same guy that I've seen play before. I mean, doesn't look like, you know, I've seen that guy make plays. I've seen him make big plays. I've seen him make exciting plays. And he doesn't look like the same guy. But like I said, the whole offense looks broken. Go ahead. Throw Tannehill out there. I mean, it can't hurt. But, again, I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But it just all looks so broken right now, and and I'm not saying they can't fix it. We we saw a Titans team that was 0 and six and outscored 59 to nothing, you know, come back and win two weeks later, and and they looked like they would never beat anybody in the world. So I mean, it's a, it's it's a drastic league that can change in a hurry, but the trend that we've seen up front now for 22 games is that they can't block consistently. Again, they lead the league in negative plays. And that's not just sacks. That's that's in running the football as well. So, I mean, is that the right move? Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to fight with anybody on what they do. I mean, if, if they think Marcus is so broken that, that he shouldn't be out there, Tannehill should be out there, then, then go ahead. I mean, he's, he started a lot of games. He's lost a lot of games. He's won a few games. Um, and, I, and I guess it can't hurt because they can't do anything consistently. Corey, you sound like, you're about, Corey, you, you sound like you're about to jump, dude. <laughs> well, no, Don't I mean, jump, I, Corey. I, I've, been, I've been watching this for, for 22 games. <laughs> yeah. uh, Corey. I mean, they, 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 they don't block. <laughs> they just don't. No, they don't. Uh, Chargers last night who come into Nissan Stadium this Sunday lost at home to a quarterback named Devlin Hodges, who I didn't know actually yeah. was roaming the planet Earth until last <laughs> night. That they, being, they look broken, too. Yeah, they, 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 they terrible. They're, they're a disaster, too. I mean, what should we expect from an atmosphere standpoint? Because that was a Steelers home game, basically, last night. Yeah. So Sunday, the Chargers, who have no home field advantage, are going to come all the way over to the East Coast against a Titans team that looks totally lost. I mean, are we going to see 50% empty uh, empty seats at Nissan Stadium? I would think so. Mm. I mean, because without, without the road fans there, that's what we've been seeing anyway. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't imagine we'll see a lot. I mean, because we heard good to great all off season. Good to great, good to great, good to great, good to great, good to great. And what we've gotten is good to horrific. And, you know, for a team that's lost season ticket sales and needs some walk-up, nobody's going to walk up for that. It's too expensive, number one. But number two, you know, you've got to have some hope. And right now, uh, I don't think there's a lot of hope. And I don't think there's a lot of belief. And that's not just in the quarterback. 
I think that's in, you know, the, from the head coach and, and everybody on down. Hey, Corey, do you think they can possibly do this? It's never been done in the history of sports ever that if they can take <laughs> the Nashville Predators offense – and the Titans defense and combine them both together, we got a perfect team. Yeah. <laughs> can, can, Matt Duchesne, <laughs> can Matt Duchesne play left guard? Is that a possibility? I don't know. what You know, we could, um, we could stick like Austin Johnson and take up the whole thing. Corey, always a pleasure. We appreciate the time and the insight. Thank you. Hey, guys, if you come up with an answer on how they fix this, please email me. You got it. We will. Uh, well, <laughs> Corey, just, just, Corey, just listen to the show every morning, 6 to 10. Um, here, here's the deal. I, I will say this. The te- I, I was watching a lot of that Texans game yesterday against the Chiefs. First of all, just a, a really fun game. Um, Texans did it. Texans made a trade, and they fixed their offensive line in the preseason with like a week to go. They went and got Laramie Tunsil. That experiment looks to be working out right now. But so. isn't that what we thought the Titans were doing I, with Sappho? Yeah, 100% agree. I'm just saying today is is a, is a new day. Like, we're six games into this, and we're six months removed from those decisions. Mm-hmm. you got to make new decisions now. And and the new de- what are the new decisions? I, I don't know what the answer is. Well, I, think I don't ver- think you can go trade for somebody, I, but, I, I mean, why not kick the tires on something? What, what about moving Conklin to guard? What about Dennis Kelly? I what about that's what do something? Vrabel kind of alluded to. We're gonna find. A, we're gonna you know can continue to evaluate this, and we're gonna see where we can use Dennis Kelly. That was telling. That was a shot over the whole offensive line. Said, listen, if y'all don't get this right, Dennis Kelly will supplant one of y'all as the starter. It, it, it's, it's it is what it is, and. They hadn't gotten it right the last two weeks against teams that are not normally good at sacking a quarterback. At least this year they haven't been. I mean, good, good until, defenses, but not yeah, great good defenses yeah. until they played the Tennessee Titans. If I am Mike Vrabel and John Robinson, I am sitting down in a conference room this morning or a film room, and I'm saying, here's what we're doing. We are going to fire Keith Carter. We are going to start Ryan Tannehill. We're benching Roger Saffold, and we're putting Dennis Kelly at left guard. You make those three moves, at least you can tell your fan base, hey, we're trying. Well, I can't bench Sappho because why? Nate, Nate, Nate Davis ain't playing no better. Yeah. He got bull rushed like two or three times yesterday, and I know he's a rookie, but he's not playing any better. So if I'm moving anyone, I'm Conk- removing, I'm removing Nate Davis out because he's yeah. not ready to yeah. play yet. And I'm just hoping, I'm hoping and praying that Sappho yeah. gets it together. You have no choice because yeah. he's, he's a, listen. He's a 10, 11 year vet in the NFL. He's shown that he's at least been a good player in the past. He's not right now. Yeah. Uh, Conklin and Kelly need to be your right side somehow. Yeah. I, I don't know how it looks, whether it's Conklin at guard or Kelly at guard. I don't know why you don't try. Like, to your point, Nick, at least you can look at your fans and say, look, we're trying. Uh, I mean, you look at more importantly, you look at the players. And it doesn't mean Nate Davis is not, is not eventually a part of your plan in the future. Yeah. He's played two games, so let's not, let's not kill the kid's career. He's just career, not ready to play yet. But he's not ready to play yet. And so if, if, you've got to try something here. So. 615-737-1025. We will come back, open up the phones again if you want to jump in your reaction to the Tennessee Titans. 615-737-1025. What is the solution? Is there a solution? We're back after this on Morning Drive. Guys, i got a solution for you. Spring Hill heating and cooling. I know everybody's down right now. I know everybody's feeling bad about themselves. You know, the offensive line can't block. The quarterback can't throw the football. Receivers aren't getting open. Listen, I I know that there's no real solution to solving that problem. But your house is going to have problems, and there is a solution. This is the beauty of Spring Hill heating and cooling. You have a problem? We've got a solution. Spring Hill heating and cooling comes out to your house. They, They check your entire system 
They do an, a complete diagnostic so they can pick out exactly what's going on wrong with your house, unlike Mike Vrabel in the Titans front office where they can't figure out what the heck to do. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling will come to your house. They'll, compl- they'll, they'll analyze and pinpoint the exact problem that's going wrong with your house. They'll fix it for a reasonable price, and if you can't afford it, they'll make sure there's a good financing option for you. How about no, no interest for five years on new equipment for qualified buyers. That's just one of many great financing options. Join their Comfort Club today. The Comfort Club is where you get a checkup every six months. It's sort of like going to the dentist. You make sure all the teeth of your house are doing great, and and they, they keep you from having that big costly repair down the road. It saves you money in the long run. It also saves you money on your efficiency, on your on your bills. They'll take care of that as well. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, they are your solution. They are the emergency plan. Join the Comfort Club today. Proud sponsors of Smashville Live. SpringHillAC.com is a website. SpringHillAC.com. Tell them Brain sent you. It is Morning Drive. Good to have you in here on a Titans Monday. I guess we can call it a Titans Monday. It's more like a uh, four-hour therapy session. You just lay down on the couch and uh, talk to us, and we'll listen to you. Yeah, we yeah. will. And then we'll you, invoice you at the end of the month. If you want to scream, that's fine. If you want to cry, that's okay. We're here for you. Do it all. Exactly. 737-1025. I think at some point we'll get to the Vols, Vandy, the SEC t- t- at some point, the t- Preds. T- I mean, listen, LSU, what a win. Um, Alabama rolled big. I mean, Tennessee actually got a win playing good defense. I mean, there's there's a lot to discuss in the SEC. Your Vanderbilt Commodores, come on down. Holy smokes, that's as bad a loss as I've seen on West End. And probably since Derek Mason's first game when they lost like 41-7 to at Temple. I, I actually tweeted I out yesterday, Titans football presented by Vanderbilt football. Together we'll <laughs> suck all fall. But, you know, that's just me. That's pretty good. Uh, let's go to Mike, who's uh, next on Morning Drive. Mike, you go ahead. All right, I got two takes. On the first one, <clears throat> we're going to bench Mariota. We're going we're gonna to put in Ryan Tannehill. We're going to trade Mariota. We're going to pick up Jalen Hurts in the draft in two years. That's first. Second, let's go back to the Super Bowl. I don't care about the one yard. Let's go to the five missed field goals. That's 15 points. We win the game. Forget the one yard. You got a point, but man, why you bring up those memories? Why you got to do that to D Yeah, man. <laughs> did you guys really miss five field goals? They missed a lot of, you didn't they miss missed, five field goals no, in the Super Bowl, five, did you? He missed one before half. That's the one that was a crucial one, the one before half. Um, he missed at least, I think, two in that game. Um, but why you had to bring back those I know. Nerves, man? I, I thought I – thought This thought, is about 2019 right. type. So I was listening to that call, and what I thought he said was, I got two things, man. And one of them was Mariota getting benched, or Mariota getting benched, of mm-hmm. course. I thought the second thing he said was, we got to get back to the Super Bowl. And I, was like, I was like, that's a big number, too, then. <laughs> when they're two and just four. <laughs> you're like, so you're saying Vrabel walks into the meeting today, and he's like, all right, guys, we got to do two things. Tannehill's now your starter, and number two, we got to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, and this isn't two years when they get Jalen Hurts. Right. Not this upcoming spring. Which, which, yeah. two right, which, now. by the way, he's not he's eligible to be drafted this, this year. year yeah. and he's, next year he he's wants a graduate. He this year. And you're going to trade a quarterback yeah. that's going to be a free agent, which you know that happens all the time. Right? Yeah, nobody's gonna pick him up. Oh, I hate man. to say that. that. That's listen. I like I, if you traded yeah. me, if you offered me Marcus Mariota right now for a rosin bag in a baseball stadium, I would decline the offer. <laughs> <laughs> He's got no value. Well, and, uh, except for that, he might give your team your best chance to win today and next week and the week after. We don't know. Uh, it, this is the thing, though. As I'm watching Jake Fromm 
just absolutely tank against South Carolina this weekend. I'm just thinking of Titans fans going, you know, guys like that who are like, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the solution. No, Jalen Hurts is going to have the same questions that Marcus had coming out of college. Uh, outside of Tua and maybe Trevor Lawrence, there is no sure thing. There are no sure things in the draft. There is a, there's a process you can put in place to try to acquire a new quarterback. But what are your – and we're going to spend a lot of time on this over this week and the next week and the next six months, eight months, offseason, whatever, especially if they let Marcus and Ryan Tannehill walk, is what is the follow-up solution? What is the plan? You can't just – it's one thing to go on Twitter and scream, I'm done with Mariota. Well, okay, well, what's your plan then? What's the plan to replace him? Because you have to have one. You can't just blindly get rid of people and then just decide, okay, we're going to win now. And, and so what's the plan? If the plan is – a, a, a prospect is the plan paying Teddy Bridgewater $22 million a year. That doesn't seem like a smart plan. You've got to come up with a plan, and, and that's what we're probably going to spend the next 10 weeks trying to figure out. 737-1025 is the number. Robert is next on Morning Drive. What's up, Robert? Hey, how y'all doing? Doing good. Uh, if I'm in charge, I go out and I trade my first-round pick and get the best left tackle in the league in Trent Williams. Uh, and he makes everybody else better. I mean, he's a beast. Uh, uh, he helps the running game tremendously, and uh, he's going to make the whole offensive line better. It seems like some of these teams would learn from the great Joe Gibbs that if you have a dominant offensive line, then everybody gets better. I mean, Mark Ribbon was a sixth-round pick and won the Super Bowl uh, big time. So, uh the Titans uh, need to invest in their, and get a better offensive line coach. I mean, uh, you know, the offensive line and defensive line are how you win football games. Uh, but have a good one. You got it, Robert. Thank you. Appreciate you know, it, Robert. You know, and, and this Corey, – Corey brought this up. Corey Curtis brought this up. And, and Derek, you've, you've sort of – of the three of us, you've sort of been the most positive on the previous coaching staff in general. Just sort of a general sense mm-hmm. of, hey, they did a pretty good job. They were better than – Titans fans wanted. There wasn't a newfangled modern offense, and so maybe they moved too quickly on Malarkey. What you cannot argue is that Marcus Mariota was a different player on that team and that the offensive line was a different team on those two teams. They had the AFC's leading rusher, they went to the playoffs, and Marcus put up big numbers. And they did that under Mike Malarkey. They didn't do it under Ken Wizenhunt, Mm -hmm. and they're not doing it under Mike Vrabel and and either Matt LaFleur or Arthur Smith. But they when they had a good offensive line, they had the AFC's leading rusher, they went to the playoffs, and they had a quarterback who, who put up good numbers. And nobody had a problem with any of it. Not a single Titans fan had a problem with Marcus. Not a single Titans fan had a problem with the offensive line or, or the running game. You know, Derrick Henry was this cool, shiny new toy that was a backup that came in and got to pummel people. Like It, it was all good. Everybody loved it. For the first time in 10 years, people were excited about it. And then they fired the guy who went to the playoffs. I'm not saying that I – I'm not changing my opinion on that mm-hmm. move. Um, I, I thought that was the right move at the time. It might not have been the right move. Who knows? But the, the point is, is when they were good is when they had an offensive line that blocked people. And they're not blocking people right well, now. Well, I mean, if, if you go back and you look at it, uh, and when we had Mike Munchak as head coach, no one liked it. You know, you had, you know, media members – Bitching and moaning about Mike Munchak. Oh, he's not. He's not. It was just a whole bunch of stuff going on. But what Mike was doing was he was building. He was putting together a team to compete the way he knew how to compete. Put together a good offensive line. Get some running backs. 
the, the defense, we're going to always have a good defense. We're not worried about that because even under Dick LeBeau, the defense was good. They're better now, I think, under um, um, why am I, sorry, Dean Pease. Dean Pease. Yeah, under Dean Pease, they're good under Dean Pease. Much better. But what Mike Malarkey started, he said, I, I, this team, I know this team. I've been here for years. I know how this team is built. We're going to build it from the offensive line to everybody else. He started it, okay? Malarkey came in in between him and Ken Wisenhunt. Ken Wisenhunt almost destroyed it. Mike Malarkey came back in and said, you know what? I saw what Mike Munchak was trying to do. So we're going to get back to that. We're going to build it through the offensive line, and then we're going to build it out. They were successful at that. They went and got them a really good running back in DeMarco Murray. They drafted Derrick Henry. They get offensive linemen. They don't put a lot of the stress on the quarterback. They say, you know what? We're going to turn around, hand the ball off, and we're going to play that type of football. It wasn't sexy enough for Titan fans. Oh, we're not scoring points. But damn it, you went to the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? (laughs) You went to the playoffs. It wasn't sexy for nobody. But I'm sitting here and I'm saying, listen, he's winning. You know, they have the best rusher in the National Football League, at least in the AFC. He's winning. When they're healthy, they're winning. Well, the last year, they were not healthy. DeMarco Murray was not healthy. The offensive line was not healthy. Then they decided, you know what, we need to get sexier. We need to throw the ball out. We need to do all this other stuff. Well, it's not working. It is not working. 615-737-1025 is the phone number. We will continue taking your Titans calls. A lot of people on hold to get to. We appreciate you hanging through. We'll come back and get right to you after this on Morning Drive. You know what I'm going to get into right now? <laughs> Coos Rings MD. And I've been telling you listeners for the longest about my good friends. Okay? Over the years, more men have started seeking help for hormone deficiencies and imbalances. Dr. Jeffrey Lodge and his wife Daphne, along with that wonderful, experienced staff, give men like me, like Brayden, like Nick, the treatment required to improve their quality of life. See, see, uh, Marquise, he don't need it. He's young. He don't need it. He, he's good. Cool Springs MD services have already helped many men of the Brentwood, Nashville, Franklin, because I'm in Franklin, and the surrounding areas in Tennessee uh, with improving their immune systems, energy level, cognitive functions, and more. That's why when I walk in here, I'm high energy. It's not because I get a lot of sleep, because I don't get a lot of sleep. It's because of Cool Springs MD that my energy levels are so high, they're going through the roof. I walk in here ready to go. They are there to connect you with the medical care you require to have a healthy and enriched life. And who doesn't need a healthier life, okay, and a more enriched life? And there's no better time now to achieve a healthier lifestyle. Man, what are you waiting on? Pull over if you're listening to the show because I know you are. Pull over. Write this number down. Put it in your cell phone. Here it is because you need to make your appointment at Cool Springs MD because that line gets very long. I'm telling you, there are men across Tennessee that's making their appointments right now. So you need to get in. Christmas is coming around. I don't really know what that means, but I just said it. But here's the number, 615-486-3458, 615-486-3458, or visit their website, coolspringsmd.com. 732, welcome back in Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, The Game. Nick Braden, Demace, Marquise with you. 615-737-1025, the number. We're basically like switchboard operators this morning. We just give out a phone number, answer the phone, and then let you talk. That's pretty much yeah. our role. Normally, normally we are not a big uh, phone call-taking show. Right. But 
on a day like to, on yeah, a day like today, might as well. We we, we all need it a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see uh, what we got next. Uh, Rob is on morning drive. Rob, you go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Okay, I'm gonna just have to comment about a few things. First of all, that Mike Malarkin freak, he was not that great. Okay, it was that. To me, the teams that they had to play last year was a lot softer. They had people that were out that were hurt. So that's all I got to say about that. Then on the game last night, I mean, like I called in before, I said before uh, that uh, Marcus, he's a good guy and all, but he is not the franchise quarterback for this team. He is. He last night he showed that he threw a ball up in the air and did a a, a spin and it wasn't nobody even out there. Threw a, a hill mary like well long bomb. Nobody was even out there and threw an interception. To me, he act like he gave up when he done that. And then you know, Cameron Hill he came in he gave them a spark. He and. To me, if I don't see them going back to Tannehill, and if they do, I mean going back to Marcus, if they do, that's going to really be shattering to Marcus if he has to go back out there. Because to me, Marcus, to me, he probably said, to me, you know, it's over. Anyway, that's all I got. Yeah, no, I mean, Rob, I I think yesterday you could see it on Marcus's face, but you could also see it on Vrabel. Yeah. Like when Vrabel was hunched over with his hands on his knees for 20 minutes straight, Nick, he, is, Nick is doing a reenactment in the like, studio, by the way. He was in the Harbaugh pose. Yeah, you ever see Jim Harbaugh on yeah. a Saturday like that? That's how, that's how his back was hurting. Or it's like I have no just, answers. Yeah, he was just. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, you as a head coach, that's the one position that you want to walk into, and you want to say, you know what? If I have to worry about any other position, okay, but I don't want to have to worry about the quarterback position. I don't want to have to agonize on a sideline about whether to bench my starting quarterback and go to my backup quarterback. That is that's probably the one thing. If you if 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 head coaches have things on their list they don't want to do, that's probably at the top of their list. <laughs> it's changing their quarterback midstream. Uh and he had to do it and and you just saw it. I mean, I'm pretty sure he would have loved to give Marcus another opportunity to go out there, another series. But after he threw that ill-advised, uh, in the last ill-advised interception, I think that's that's when, you know, Vrabel was like, you know what, it, enough is enough. Well, and, i got to do something. And it doesn't mean that Marcus isn't going to start this week or, uh, again, at some point during the year because, let's face it, if you start Tannehill and throw him out there, he's probably going to lose a few limbs too along Tamer the way. Hill. Tamer Hill and Tamer Han and (laughs) whatever, Tanny Hill, Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill got sacked four times in four drives. It wasn't, the offensive line didn't do anything for him either. So if we're going to, you know, be be fair about Marcus and Ryan, you got to say, listen, the offensive line's not helping either one of you guys. So the odds are you're both going to have to play down the stretch of this season. You have a good enough defense, though, that you will be in most games. So if you can find some combination of offensive line that protects the quarterback and just gives the running game a chance, you can still win enough games to have a respectable season at the end of the year. Now, again, there's so many different conversations here. One is, what do the Titans do in the offseason with the quarterback position? That's one conversation. That's a huge conversation and probably the most important one. There's a second conversation, which is, who gives you the best chance to win today? 
and, and every game the rest of this year. And then there's a third conversation, which is defining what Marcus Mariota was for this organization while he was here. Those are three very separate conversations. And the player I saw yesterday in what is one of the worst games I have seen this entire organization play in since John Robinson took over as general manager. It is one of the worst performances across the board, defense aside, Dean Pease and his group aside. That Marcus Mariota looked broken yesterday. You said it. You saw it on his face. He he is that is not the player that started at quarterback against the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. That is a different player today, and he and he's broken. And it's because of the offensive line. Sure, he's got weaknesses and shortcomings, and he made mistakes, and that's all true. But the off, it does not matter who you play at quarterback right now. They are going to be broken eventually. Marcus Mariota, on his sixth coordinator with a terrible offensive line and his third head coach, has been broken by the Titans organization. This was a playmaker in the first three years of his career. They got to the playoffs. They, he put up good numbers. They won games. It's not the same player anymore. He's broken. Short of short of his personal, you know, on the field shortcomings, all the all the issues that we've dissected. With all the abuse that this guy has taken physically, I mean, what, would it shock anybody if he literally said, I, I, I don't want to play football anymore? Like, <laughs> yeah. if he pulled an Andrew Luck, would that, anybody hold it against him? That wouldn't um, surprise me for any player right nah, now. No, not really. Um, but it, it, it's incumbent on him, him alone, Marcus, to whatever funk he's in or whatever he's going through, he has to get out of it. Um, you know, he... Yes, we can say he had five different coordinators, but coordinators ain't throwing the tops to, to the to the opposing opponent. Uh, coordinators don't hold on to the ball a little longer than what they should do, should should hold on to it. Each coordinator, from my knowledge, has told him just just throw it, just see it, trust it, and throw it. And Marcus does it. He that's not him on a consistent basis. So we can sit here and we can say, and it's justifiable. We can sit here and say he's had X many, you know, offensive coordinators in X many years. But this guy hasn't gotten significantly better from year one to year five. He's making the same mistakes in year five that he made in year one. And it's just like Jameis Winston. And we rag on Jameis Winston. He doesn't throw as many interceptions as Jameis Winston because Jameis Winston said, <laughs> Jameis is just like, I'm going to throw it. You know, I'm not going to hesitate. I'm just throwing it. And maybe he should take the uh, the philosophy of Marcus Mariota and kind of pull back at times. What, do you have six turnovers yeah. yesterday? But, That's hard to do in a game. <laughs> but he hasn't, both of these quarterbacks, they haven't gotten better from year one to year five. They're making the same mistakes in year five that they made in year one. And that is an except. That is not that's unacceptable to be making the same mistakes in year four. Because if this is any other position, we would say cut him. I'm not av- advocating for for Marcus to get cut. I think that would be stupid. But he can't keep making the same mistakes he made in year one. Call it like we just got to call a spade a spade. Yes, he's made some plays. I've seen the plays that he's made. Yes, he's made some. But all those plays that he made. He keep on making those same mistakes, too. And in year five, again, you can't make these mistakes at year five. You're not my quarterback if you're making the same mistakes in year five that you were making as a rookie quarterback. 615-737-1025, the number. Peyton is next on Morning Drive. What's up, Peyton? Hey, man, how y'all guys doing? You come out of retirement, man? No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just want to make a quick, quick couple points. 
you know, like everybody wants to call on the show and 104.5, listen to both of you guys, and they want to rag on Mariota. But here's the thing. If Mariota was to never play another Titans game and they started Ryan Tannehill for the rest of the season and we didn't win another game, they would blame Mike Vrabel for benching Mariota. Just like when we played Indianapolis in Week 17 last, last year, everybody said, oh, we didn't make the playoffs since Marcus Mariota didn't start. Or we didn't make the playoffs in 2016 because Mario the leg. The problems with the Titans organization, I think, starts from the top, and it's not just Mariota. The Titans franchise has not been where it needs to be for probably since 2008. And I'll hang up and listen. I just want to call in and say that. I, I do think there is an, a fascinating discussion. We can do it when we come back from break uh, about what responsibility the front office and ownership group holds in all of this and I, I think that's a, a a it's a difficult question to answer I know Nick you had some thoughts on Twitter yesterday about this and so I think it's something we should get into which is how, how much does the top of the organization I'm not talking about the offensive line coach here mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the rookie right guard well, let's go off the roster let's go above the roster and let's go head coach general manager ownership what what how much blame and where do you place blame with those three individuals? 615-737-1025, the number. will continue on the other side. It's Morning Drive, live here on a Monday, back after this on ESPN 1025 The Game. 747, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025 The Game. I'm glad you mentioned the conversation with the people, not necessarily on the field, the higher-ups from Vrabel to J-Rob to the ownership because that, that was something that I mentioned on Twitter yesterday. Um, it, is, it is now time, in my opinion, for Amy Adams Strunk to be held accountable as well. Uh, you are the owner. Your product is what you put out each and every Sunday is deplorable. And the reality is, in no other NFL city would the owner be getting off scot-free today. If it was Philadelphia, it'd be Jeffrey Lurie. Mm-hmm. If it was the Maras or the Tishes with the Giants. If it was Dan Snyder, Jerry Jones. I mean, right now, you look at this team and you look at the organization and the franchise as a whole, and when I tweeted that out about Amy Adams Strunk, people were like, well, what exactly are you referring to? I mean, the stadium, the game day operations, your on-field product. I mean, every aspect of this team leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, you can – I think that would be the last result is to go to Amy um, because I think she's done a lot of terrific things from where this franchise was – um, from people, uh, you know, wanted the franchise to be sold. The NFL was, you know, telling them, listen, y'all need to get together or we're going to force, you know, we're going to recommend that you guys sell a team to somebody else that can kind of put this franchise no, together. And I'm not saying that, but she's got to yeah. be held accountable I mean, and, and start making yeah, some changes but, here. But that's not, uh, I, I, I get what she, you're she's saying. Not, she's not in charge of those yeah, changes. Yeah, I get John what Robinson you're saying. Is. Um, but in some markets, it's a little bit different. She's, what she did was, she said, listen, I can control, I can try to, I can give you the money that you need to fix some of the things. Um, and now, and they're still, planning yeah, to fix the stadium. Yeah, the st- stadium thing is, is, is in the works. We understand whether they should tear down or, you know, remodel. I don't know. I think they should tear down, but that's just, that's for. for Have we ever had talk. that conversation? Yeah, before? we've had that talk okay. a lot of times. But what she has done, to her credit, she said, listen, I am going to give you the money to, fix up the practice facility so when potential free agents come in they see you know that we are on par with a lot of other teams out there 
I am going to hire the best guy, a GM that I think's out there, and she did, and John Robinson. And then, John, I'm going to let you. I'm not going to micromanage this thing. I'm not going to be like Jones in, in Dallas or like Snyder in, in, in Washington. I'm going to let you handle this. Good good CEOs or owners, they hire good people under them so they don't have to sit there and micromanage. And I think I think she's done an excellent job at that. She said, John, this is yours. Listen, y'all check in with me. Every week we're going to have a conversation, but I am trusting that you hire the coach and everybody else to put this franchise back where it once was. So I'm not going to put the blame on her. The blame lies with the person that she put in charge. Yep. Now, it's the, 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 that, that, that stuff is starting to go uphill now. It's starting to go up the flagpole. We've already went to the players, the offensive line. We've talked a little bit about offensive coordinator. We talked a little bit about the um, head coach. Now we're starting to get to the point where now we need to start talking about the GM. I'm not saying that get rid of John Rock. That's not what I'm saying. But eventually, eventually, he's going to have to start a- answering the questions on why, you know, you go out there and you pay X amount of dollars for guys that are not giving you yeah. what you pay for, Sappho, Humphreys, guys that you paid a lot of money to bring in, and they're not living up to what you thought they would. And, and I don't, you know, I think Humphreys is, is a separate conversation. I think he's probably a... a, a he's probably a byproduct he is, of what's he, happening. Yeah, he he kind of is what he is. I think you paid him to be what he is, and I think he is what he is. He's just not been given the opportunity because... The other one, Roger Saffold's been a total bust. And again, I I think this hangs around two people's necks because I'm with you, Derek. I, I think Amy Adams Trunk has done it by and large. She has done a really good job of stabilizing ownership, rebuilding the 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 team and the fan base relationship. She's gone out of her way. She rebranded the uniforms. Right? They changed those those ugly looking uniforms into something that looks. Hey, don't talk about our old uniforms, Slightly, man. slightly more professional, which is good. <laughs> um, and and she's gone out of her way to sort of have the concerts and sort of rebuild the fan relationship with the with the organization. I think she's by and large done a good job. But don't tell me that you know, like you said, she's the one who picked John Robinson. Technically, she picked Malarkey before she picked John Robinson, but then she picked John Robinson. And I'm assuming she had to sign off on John Robinson's decision to get rid of Malarkey and hire Mike Vrabel. So. The decision to hire Mike Vrabel hangs around John Robinson's neck, and all of the decisions Mike Vrabel have, has made, you know, it's him and, and John Robinson to me. The, the blame of yesterday's game goes to Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. The blame for where this team is at as a whole at, at two and four without the issues fixed from last year is John Robinson. But those are the two people that I go. All right, again, to your point, I, I'm not. Neither one of these guys is anywhere close to being on the hot seat. So mm-hmm. let's not let's not go crazy here. But where does responsibility lie? And the responsibility for accountability for where this team is today at 2-4 and four with the current performance of the offensive line and the offense in general is John Robinson and Mike Vrabel. Those are the two people that it hangs around their neck on, and they've got to solve the problem. I don't know what John Robinson can do outside of trade right now. I, I, Mike Vrabel is going to have to try things, <laughs> try something, mm-hmm. whether it's an offensive line reworking, new quarterback, whatever – but but those are the two. Like it, the the weight of an NFL franchise hangs around the general manager and the head coach, because they make all the decisions. And and what have they told us? They make decisions together. That they sit down and they decide things together. Right when it comes to personnel decisions, they decide things together. So I, I think it's the two of them that 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 the responsibility falls at their feet. And 
I don't know what their solutions are going to be. When, when you look at this franchise, though, right now, and mm-hmm. let's just you know remove John Robinson from the equation, and I, I almost want to say remove Mike Vrabel from the conversation, you can do one of a couple of things to turn this thing around big picture moving forward. You either get a new quarterback, mm-hmm. you either go all in in free agency and with trades and say, you know what, we're going for it. Enough of the nibbling around the edges like you like to say, Braden. Oh, or but, well, is you it, blow this thing up. But isn't eighty million dollars on a on a offensive lineman and receiver going all in? Eighty million dollars on the lawn isn't that going all in? You you, you spend eighty million dollars you know, on Saffold and Humphreys and and it's just gone to waste. I, but but my point is the strategy though, right? Like you, if you want a GM to be bold and spend, that's what he did. And right now, Roger Saffold's blown up in his face. Yeah, just hasn't spent it wisely, I guess. Yeah, right. You, exactly. you you go on a free agency and you think, okay what is our position of need? Okay, our position of need at the time was slot receiver and um, left left guard. And pass rusher. And pass rusher. Um, Cam so Wake didn't play, by the way, yes. Cam Wake didn't play. He was injured. Um, you know, then um, Brown, J.R. Brown gets injured during the game and he leaves. Yeah, lost um, in all this is Dean Pease didn't have Sharif Finch, Cameron Wake, or J.R. Brown yeah, and still kept him to 16 exactly. points. Um, so you, you figure what do, what do we do as a, as a, as a organization? Well, we go out and we sign what we think is the best left guard on free agency. Now they may have gotten this wrong. And from right, from what we, from our vantage point right now, it's wrong. They pay for a guy that was in his 10th, 11th year and is not getting the job done. Yes. He was really good at, 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 with the, with the Rams, but he's not with the Titans. Maybe they pay for, you know, goods that was basically used up, um, but they play they paid at a high premium on used up on a used up goods. Good news is they can get out after two exactly. years. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, what do you do now? Well, they've if they truly want to show that they're trying to do something in regard because listen, they can can they go out and make a trade? How many people are trading their guards right now? Not too many teams Although are trading gu- guards, guards right now. Guards not the most. If you're trying to acquire a player and you're going to rank the, all the positions on the field, guard might be one of the the, the more easily acquirable piece. Yeah, but uh, relative but what, to like a exactly. tackle, but or I'm saying no one quarterback. Or no whatever. one's trading their guard right now. And then one of our callers said, "Well, tr- you can get Trent Williams." Well, yeah, Trent would be great, but Taylor's he's going to call. He's he's not moving the right tackle, okay. And, and and Trent Williams is one of the best tack- left tackles in the game. He's just not playing right now. So, um, so what happens to Conklin? Then? Exactly. Right? Like, so we can that you can't do the the only thing I think right now at this point in time they can do whether they pull a trigger on it now, uh, you know, pull a trigger on it n- now or not um, is the offensive line coach. And again, I'm not advocating for anyone to be fired. No, I am. But Keith yeah. Carter, <laughs> you know, I said I said two weeks yeah, ago right. Keith Carter's you know, going to go. Did. You're right. And, but, and all these guys get well, paid handsomely, they'll be fine. So, so but d- if you if 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 this is a problem and it has been a problem for a very long time, either what we see in the world of football, either you're coaching it or you're allowing it allowing it to happen. So Vrabel, either you are complicit in this or you're allowing it to happen. Either you're saying it's okay, or you're watching it and allowing it to happen and not doing anything. So eventually, Vrabel, you're gonna have to do I, something. I, I don't know if Keith Car what Keith what what techniques Keith Carter's teaching Nate Davis is the right thing or not. I don't think any of us are 
on the field, in the meeting rooms, knowing mm-hmm. whether or not he's doing a good job of that or not. We, we don't know. Here's what I do know is he hasn't fixed anything. Yeah, he hasn't fixed I, the I, problem. I don't know if he's part of the problem. I don't know if he's teaching – in like, again – if he's teaching bad technique or not, is he? Te- or do they have the wrong it, the outside zone scheme? Is that the wrong scheme for the personnel? Like I, you have to let smarter football people decide that stuff. What I do know is there's a major glaring problem on the team, and the guy charged with fixing it hasn't done that. What what you know? If he's a part of the, if he caused it or not is irrelevant. All mm-hmm. I know is that he hasn't solved it. Yeah, and and you know who else is is a part of that? the offensive coordinator, the guy that's his boss. Mm-hmm. And you know who's a part of that? Arthur Smith. The, Arthur Smith's boss, Mike Vrabel. You know who's also a part of that? The guy who put the grocery, who went and bought the groceries. John Robinson. So the whole thing is responsible for it. And eventually the buck stops with somebody and it stops with John Robinson and Mike Vrabel. I don't think it goes to Amy Adams strunk from a like a wins-losses mm-hmm. perception. I, I think her job is more business-related, stadium and that stuff needs to be fixed, to your point, Nick. They've got to, to solve that problem because that building is going to be half empty. But who, who's responsible for picking out the personnel and executing and coaching the personnel? John Robinson and Mike Vrabel. The, the buck stops with those two guys. 615-737-1025, the number. If you want to jump in, we will come back and get right back to your Titans calls. Joe, AG, everybody on hold, hang tight. We'll come to you after this on Morning Drive.